guys. Boy, we have an announcement today. Welcome to Bitch Sesh. I'm Danielle Schneider. I'm here with one Casey Rose Wilson. You know, she has not been on the last two podcasts because she has some big news to announce. And I'm I'm just so excited. I'm probably going to start crying. Thank you for having me, Danielle. <laughs> to have you, Casey, on our podcast. <laughs> I couldn't, wouldn't want to announce this anywhere else. Do you like me sort of like you being a guest on our podcast? Did that feel strange? I do. It feels good. It feels like yeah. my hands are off the wheel. I don't no. have to worry about a thing. I mean, I'm in pajamas. It feels great. So Casey, can you, can you tell everybody the great news? I would love to. So I have some news and I'm going to cry, but I... I'm telling everyone here because I really do feel all the listeners are a part of this in a very huge way, I'll explain. But the piece of news is that I would love to share with everyone that we now have a baby girl uh, via surrogate. She is here, and her name is named after my best friend of all time, Amanda Francis Sovic Johnston. Her name is Francis, but we're calling her Frankie. So she is Frankie oh Rose Casp. And she's joined us. She's here. And I haven't been, you know, saying anything because of just superstition and general, you know. But it's, I, I think it was about a year ago, maybe over a year, that I basically crowdsourced. <laughs> <laughs> I basically said, checkbox, yes or no, should I have a third child? And boy, did you all respond. One of you was like, don't do this. But the rest of you... It's a mistake. I wish I could take my third one back. Send her yeah, back. she was like, "I, what can I do? But my life is a living hell. But the rest of you were so generous in like sharing how you managed three, all of it. You know, I've wanted a girl so badly, Danielle. I got so lucky. And I want to... It's been the most profound experience of my life going through surrogacy. Um and for many reasons, one being just kind of, as you know, and I've spoken about it in my book, and I'm not ashamed. I'm prepared for any haters who want to come my way. A large factor of surrogacy was my postpartum depression that I had through both kids. And I think it's actually a very strong choice to make when you're parenting other kids and for myself and what I'm willing to go through. And there was one other medical reason I won't get into, but I, I do want to say that because I think a lot of times when women use surrogates, they're forced to be like, I did it because of this and this and this. And there it is, guys. And I couldn't be happier with the choice. And I just want to shout out my beyond lovely surrogate, Stacy. You, you've seen her, Danielle. Yeah, she's so beautiful inside and out. And what a gift. Yeah. What a fucking gift. It's She's an angel. Surrogates are angels walking among us. And it was so beautiful, Danielle, to go through that experience. Because you're, you know, at first time you go through so many emotions like, oh, gosh, I can't carry the baby. And then who is this other person? And it's it's the ultimate leap of faith. I There's such a, it's a spiritual leap of faith. It's a, it's, it's the ultimate precious object someone is caring for that you are meeting. And Stacy. She took beyond better care of the baby. I mean, as you know, with both my pregnancies, I was in Taco Bell every day. <laughs> there was some Coca. There was some Coca Colas. <laughs> Coca Colas washing it down, and she's drinking her water every day. But beyond that, she just took such incredible care of the baby to the point where, when my youngest son Bear was kind of struggling with the idea of a baby coming, Stacy went to build a bear with her kids, and she made a bear for my bear. And you know how you can press the paw and it'll have a yeah, recording yeah. or something. 
And she put in there Frankie's heartbeat from one of the sonograms so that he could go to bed listening to it. Wow. It's just, I can't overstate enough how incredible this, this woman and friend has been. And I think maybe we'll do some type of discussion about it in the future. I would love I'm just, to. I would love I'm so excited about my baby, but I just need to shout that out as, and I know it's, it's, and it's, it's expensive and there's many, many factors to it. And I, I know, Danielle, I am privileged beyond measure to have been able to make this choice and to do this. But if anyone is sitting there going, oh, I don't know, I say take the leap of faith because now I have truly as cheesy as it is, my dreams have come true. I'm sitting in my pajamas, <laughs> drinking my Cokes and looking at the most, and I got it. I hate to say this, Danielle, because it sounds so bad to say it, but She's so gorgeous, you know. She can I say that? And that was one. And and I hate to say this too, because I have, you know, birthed my own child, but I have to say, one of the first things I noticed was how attractive she was. And I hate to say that, Casey. Nobody, <sighs> Nobody likes, likes it. it. And, I, and I don't want to reduce her. No, because she's I refuse. so and she will be so much more than that, I'm sure. But right now, what can we see is that, you no, know? She's Stunning. And again, I mean, they, the, some of them, m- most of them come out looking a little strange. They've been through, and even at my child came They've been through a, a journey. journey. And my child didn't even come out vaginally. I had to have an emergency C-section. And, you know, look, it wasn't all, you know, it wasn't the beauty that she is. <laughs> I'm glad she didn't come out vaginally. She'd be getting all tangled up in the cords Yes, the tangled in pubes. <laughs> Just, well, that was one of the reasons we had to do C-section. They were like, we can't possibly <laughs> make our way through these tendrils. They were like, get a nurse, get a doctor. <laughs> Emergency C-section because we can't cut through these bushes. Like, we just can't. The doctor got down there and was like, we're going to the OR. No way. It was like, it was, you know, ta- a, oh, what a tangled web we weave. That's right. And I'm so happy that if my daughter ever listens back to this, she can hear that those gorgeous sentiments yes. as well. And yours. And I'm just, I want to salute you and your surrogate. It was, you know... It was a leap of faith in every way. And it was something you said to me over a year ago. You said, I just don't think my family's complete yet. I'm getting this feeling, this calling, like where there's another soul out there. And you said that. It was a soul trying to come through. And when I tell you, I look at people with three kids and go, they're insane. (laughs) Like those are insane people. So I'm not one of those three kid people. And yet I am. It's like, I thought I wasn't a Disney adult. And and then here here we are. These are labels we don't want, you know? But- I was, it was a calling. It was like an intuition. It honestly didn't even come from me as crazy as that sounds. And you know, I'm very spiritual, but I was like shaking when she came out because I'm like, if something should be knock on wood Mm -hmm. wrong, have I created this? I don't know. Like this was coming from a very like spiritual place. And it was so profound when she was here. I mean, talk about women helping women. We say that, but this is the most ultimate act that a woman can do for another woman. And then we had two female doctors. We had four female nurses. Wow. We have a baby girl coming. Stacy's incredible husband, Ben, and I were having our laughs. He's a wonderful man. I didn't quite realize like how involved Ben would need course, to be, you know? Of course, And then there's my husband. Oh, no. showed up in a Hawaiian shirt. I did notice that when you showed the pictures. I'm not going to say it didn't cross my mind and my eyes. Mm-hmm. as like A bright Because I was looking at all these gorgeous images. You know what, again, Frankie, just coming to us in her beautiful light, you know, and you smile, like your face smiled, your whole body smiled. Like you were in heaven, like just this gorgeous picture. And then... 
what do my eyes behold? <laughs> the Hawaiian. And to see, to say a Hawaiian shirt is bright because we it implies bright. You know, when I say Hawaiian shirt, you're conjuring. But then go even further into the more neon category. Yeah, it was like And he screamed at one point. I did say to the nurses, I'm like, I'm so sorry my husband is in a Hawaiian shirt. And he he did have a reason, Danielle. He's like, it's my only button up. And I, he's like, I want to do skin to skin. I'm sorry that I'm a father who wants to do skin to skin. I'm like, can you let Stacy labor and shush? But yeah, she's just a doll. She's a true literal doll. Oh, I love her. I can't, I know I have yet to meet her. I'm meeting her tomorrow. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm like, literally, I wish I, I'm like, I want to quit my life and my job and just go and be, and be Frankie's full-time caregiver because. Please do. <laughs> She's such a doll. I'm, I'm just so happy. And it's such a different experience to have not gone through the birth. And mm-hmm. it was, I had such kind of, I had wonderful births, but it was very traumatic experience with both my kids, the pregnancies and after and this amount of sickness and everything. And of course, resulting in the most, the joys of my life. But I will say to have this experience of actually like being present yeah. and seeing her born. I was, I was there when she was an, an embryo in a Petri dish. I saw her through a microscope yeah. get put into the surrogate. And there was a flash of light when she was, I was like, this is science. And anyone who, yeah. this is science. Women can be helped through science. It's but so it's incredible. Also miracles. It's miracles. It's yes. science and miracles. Because that light, that yes. flash of light, because I also, you know, I did IVF yes. for Sydney. I had my own major um, fertility struggles. And so I did. So I also have that picture of Sydney's embryo, like in that, de- like, and it's like. Because what? You're not going to film a sex that- tape, if you know, the other way, you know, nobody but wants that. I have that. her embryo and I see it and I'm like, and and it, and that flash of light, it's a mirror. It's a miracle. Like it's science it's and it's a, also, a, yes. it's both of those things, you know, which is so incredible. It's a miracle. I mean, I've never been happier. I'm so in love with her. She's a little doll. You know, there was, um, you know, it was tough to come out with this news today, Danielle. <sighs> and I felt it. Because I texted you last night, you know, and I was like, I think I really would like to share with everyone, you know, and this great news and kind of thank everyone for like their involvement and support. I have felt the support of everyone despite people not knowing what I was doing. That's how supportive. But also the introduction, like to bring someone into the world, it's like you want it to be a special moment. Like, and you don't, I'm going to say you don't want to share it with anybody. This is, I mean, you know what I mean? And and nor do I think I'm like on this woman's stage in terms of it, but it it is also, uh, she's housewives adjacent. Mm -hmm. We cannot tell a lie. And I said to Danielle, you know, I'd also really like to shout out my fertility doctor, Dr. Andy Wong. Who's also my my fertility doctor. And you brought me Dr. Andy Mm -hmm. Wong. And has helped so many pals in Los Angeles. And, you know, he's helped a lot of the greats. So I don't think I'm getting him any biz. But I wanted to shout him out. I would like to shout him out, too, because I got him before he was with the greats. Like, he was... Wow. He was... You were the I great. I was the great. You are... Everyone's... Ina Garten. Your son I was, was Ina Garten. You know what I mean? Like, I was there. It was still busy. And it was still... He was still a name that was being bandied yeah. about. But he... You know, then there was the Kim K's. Then, the, you know what I mean? Like, those yeah. were the people's after me, I will say. And you told me, you said, this is the kindest man. It's a very delicate subject. You know, women and fertility and, and men and anyone mm-hmm. who's attempting to bring a miracle into the world that's struggling. It's so difficult. And he's the kindest man. I was a mess. I was a wreck. I had gone through yeah. hell, my own personal hell, you know, hell for me. I was a mess and I couldn't even hear doctors. I had seen other doctors. Like I was not in a state to, and he calmed me, Casey, in a way. Mm-hmm. He explained it to me in a way I could understand. Like he was, he was taking phone calls when I shot myself up with an air bubble. And I was like, am I going to die? Is the air bubble reaching my brain? Dr. Wong at like 10 o'clock at night, like 
What a what a gentleman. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's the only person I trust. Like I had him weigh in about my surrogate, not my own husband. <laughs> I was like, get out of here. I was like, and Dr. Wong, in your opinion. Yes. <laughs> um, he's the best. But then, you know, I did see a news article as my eyes fell asleep last night that was hard, which was that apparently Paris Hilton, Kathy's daughter, as we know her here, um, Kathy's daughter announced her news of having a baby via surrogate with help from Dr. Wong. But that's okay. That's okay. Because I, you know what? That's okay. Yeah. I want the word out there that miracles can happen via surrogate. And to gals, you know, we're in our 40s, God, and I feel a kinship with Paris that I've certainly never no. felt. No, 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 no. And I'm feeling great about that. And and congrats to her too. And I'm just sorry. I'm sorry we had to share our day. I, thank you. I'm sorry we had to share it's, our day. You know what? It's okay. Again, it's okay. Um, I'm standing in the light and the the joy of my situation. There was one, two tough, quick moments I just want to bring you through very quickly, Danielle. I mean, we already lived through the Hawaiian shirt. Like, I don't know that I can take much more. You know, so I really am trying to highlight Stacey and how incredibly, like, wonderful and conscientious she was. And she lives in Washington State. So I've been there for a long time. And we've really been palling around. You know, she's my only friend in the town she lives in. David's out there. We're going to dinners with her and her husband. Dave and I are going to every AMC under God's great earth. seen everything. Go see the Whitney Houston biopic. Why is it so underrated? It's incredible. So we're bopping, you know, and Stacey and I are becoming really, really close. Now I've been there and visited her a couple of times and we've certainly talked pretty much every day. You know, we, we are in this. But then I had to, as I looked at the calendar and I knew the due date, I had to ask Stacey a tougher question (laughs) that goes beyond the contract of surrogate Mm -hmm. and and intended parent. Mm -hmm. It was tough, you know? It's so tough to ask these things, but I did have to text and don't, if you think I asked it verbally, you're wrong. (laughs) Didn't have the the strength. Save the big things for the text. Mm -hmm. That's right. So my due date, Danielle, was January 22nd. And as I looked at the calendar, and I went out there very, very early because I was like, the least I can do is be here for the birth, you know? I was out there quite early, panicking and waiting. And then there was talk of her being a big baby. Don't body shame. And there was a lot of talk and it was like, well, should we induce? Because she's very big. And then it was like, do we induce? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, Stacey's health is, is primary concern, of course. But also right up there, right up there, I had to text the following, you know, your health, of course, as our number one. But when we're discussing in, induction in the in the doctor's office tomorrow, I'd love if we could also keep in mind my priority, <laughs> which is that she be a Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> And she was, you know, it was touch or go because. Yeah, it was touch and go, Danielle, because, you know, and it's so hard for a surrogate who's like just trying to like, she has her own kids and she's like, oh, sure, sure. You know, here I am, this fucking LA piece of shit. Like we do know Casey as a Scorpio, you have, you have. T- tethered yourself to many Capricorns, such as myself and June Diana, Matt McConkie, Grassi, you're be- because we are a grounding My niece, force. Emma, yes. The, you're the foundations. You're the workers. And it's like the, the, the electricity of a Scorpio sort of needs like a ground, you know, a grounding, yep. which is- And I'm no dummy. I pair with you guys for business. You know, I write with June, you and I do podcasts. They're going to work their asses off, you know? And it's also just a great sign. I know of Capricorn. Yes. Now, what I don't know of is the sign that things- ticked to when I said, look, we got to get this in before January 20th. And I, that sounds hard. <laughs> but again, what can we do to pursue that goal too, you know? And Stacey said, you know, it's hard because the, you know, the next sign is my husband's. And I was like, and not putting down that sign yes, at all, you no, know, like no, it's no. just more, I was told by Heidi that the next sign 
a little bit less compatible with Scorpio, they square each other. And I didn't like the way that no, sounded. No, that doesn't sound promising. <laughs> but yet she said there would still be, you know, some great gifts between us, of course. And I know what you all think is like, just be grateful for your daughter. And I just had, I was trying to control it. And I'm like, I had it in me. I know Capricorn. I know you. I know June. You know, mm-hmm. I got it. Then she, my daughter pre- presented me with her first act of rebellion, which is to be born on January 20th. This is the dawning <laughs> the of the age of Aquarius. Aquarius. Now, I will say she's a cusp baby, so she will have some Capricorn and some Aquarius. I do know from Aquarius, um, one of my best friends from high school is Aquarius, and she is gorgeous and funny and smart. It's air, and I just didn't—but now that the air has breezed through my house, I can't believe I lived without this air. No offense. offense. And now I'm, if anything, like, really, like— Ready to leave? Yeah, I was going to say, are you turning on us cats? Like, (laughs) why are we garbage? I love the cats for business purposes, (laughs) in terms of like emotion, mother daughter. You'll only get into business. Not a. We have no personal relationship, just business. It's not personal in that sense. And look, she's a Capricorn moon, which feels great, but an Aquarius coming into the world to bring air and light and buoyancy, and is a dream. So excited. Oh, Danielle, you had one more thing you said that you were saving to tell me, and I'm. It's very quick. I'm just going to say it. Because it's, I want to preface, just know she is fine. Okay. She is okay. okay. This is going to be a funny story, but she is okay. We leave the hospital. We go back to our Airbnb. We have to fly with the baby, which I know is controversial. I check with my doctors. So we pack up our Airbnb. Stacy and her daughters and her husband come over to say goodbye. A lot of tears. Mm. A lot of her daughters needed to see the baby and like have their closure. It just couldn't have gone more perfect. We're hugging in the driveway. Stacy's presented me with a journal that she kept for me. <gasps> this woman and is it was a just, I, it's saint next on level earth. Stuff. Saint on earth. I had given her a gift certificate to a steakhouse. <laughs> So, Sorry. you know, things were two wonderful, things. two different, gorgeous two things are happening. Very important I do have a, gifts. <laughs> yeah, I have a necklace coming. I have a necklace, gorgeous necklace coming. Uh, um, they leave. We're like crying. We're waving. We're in the car. We get in the car and I'm in the back seat, you know, to drive yeah. with Frankie because I'm like, I want to sit back here while we go to the airport. And so, you know, I unswaddle her. Now in the, in the hospital, I had yelled, you know, as you do, you yell at a spouse during these times of stress. Never not. I had yelled like, you're swaddling her too hard. You're going to break her legs at one point. That was just like a yell at some night. And he's like, no, no, you're supposed to swaddle them hard. I look it up. But in privately, it's a thought. Open up the swaddle. And Danielle, what I saw was the most nauseating, upsetting sight I truly have ever seen, which is that her leg, her foot had been (gasps) turned, twisted backwards, was hanging off of the, like, of of the footy pajama. (gasps) It was the most, I levitated out of my body. Now, reminder, the story is fine. I levitated out of my body. I start screaming, her her leg, her leg. Dave comes over, he touches it, and he goes, her foot is broken. That's okay. We're going to call the ambulance. Then I'm thinking, she's not responsive to pain because she wasn't even crying. She's asleep. So I'm trying to wake her up. And I'm like, her leg's broken. She's not responsive to pain. Like, the worst has happened, okay? I went into a state of trauma check. My whole body is shaking. Call the ambulance. Within three minutes, it's a smaller town. Comes the ambulance, full force of the wash. I'm literally going to vomit. I'm so upset. I know. I'm going to tell you that it's mm-hmm. okay. We've got three EMTs. We've got four firefighters. We've got two police officers. The EMT is lovely. He opens the door because I'm in the backseat. He sits on the ground. He's like, I, and he sees it and he, he looks at it. He's like, I'm actually going to take her inside. She's okay. So then I'm like almost dry heaving in the lawn and another incredibly kind man has me like, I'm like hanging on to him. And I'm like, I can't go in there. David was in there. And I'm like, I, I just, I'm, I don't even know what to do. And he's like, it's okay, babies, you know, bodies, blah, blah, blah. Go inside, Danielle. Dave goes, I think you want to come in here, Casey. Now, unfortunately, Danielle, it was just simply loose fitting footy pajamas. No. 
Guess you know. Yeah. Guess you know. They were just a little big. <laughs> so it looked, Daniel, I did so hard to say it. And they did ask, did you touch it? And I couldn't. They were just a little big. And so, you know, kind of flop. Now, who purchased these pajamas? I would like to know. Because that's <laughs> no, I who did. I'm I going did. to blame. And <laughs> I did. But she was supposed to be a big baby, Danielle. So I got bigger stuff. So then you know how there's like a padding on the bottom of a footie mm-hmm. that looks almost rubber? Yeah. It had flipped over to the top. Her foot was in a little bit of a weird position. You know, it was just hard to have 10, 10 gentlemen around that I really hope weren't taken away from other things. Casey, this is... For her to just be diagnosed with big pajamas. Big, big jammies. <laughs> big jammies. She has big jammy energy. Big jammy energy. Wow. Casey. So she's okay, oh. but it's just nothing like that. <sighs> and then the, they were barely getting back in their ambulances and we were crying. I'm hugging them and we we're apologizing. Before I was like, later, guys, we're flying off to LA. They were like, what's up with this couple? This town was happy to see you go. (laughs) They were. David's like, I know we're just like kind of pieces of shit. They didn't This is a real baby boob. Diane Keaton in the middle of that. (laughs) It felt like in Best in Show, you know, when Parker Posey and her husband are looking for the bee. That's what it felt like. Anyway, Danielle, those are just some funny tales. I could not be more thrilled. Thank you for letting me come on your program. Thank you for being on my program. I'm so happy to be here. I am truly, I want to say to everyone, we can manifest anything that you want. It can come in all different ways and um, ways than you expect or would ever think you'd be possible of allowing into your life. And I will say when I was struggling with my fertility, um, Jessica St. Clair, lovely, said to me, and she wrote it on a note, and I put it on my computer. I remember looking at it every day, like, if you are truly, you know, searching for a baby, your baby is out there. You don't know which way, how, when, through what means, but your if you, channel, yes, yep. but your baby is out there. And so anyone who's struggling, because I know that we have had some listeners yeah. contact me and say, you know, like, thank you for this talk about fertility. But, you know, like these these miracles are out there for you. you don't, I don't know which way, form, anything. But if you want it, you will find. And I think if we're open to different possibilities yes. and because it's so hard to move past and I struggled with moving past, like I'm not going to be carrying this baby. It's very difficult to give up the way we think. So I'm not discounting that. But if we open ourselves up, honestly, if we expect a miracle, as you know, that is my life's motto. And all I can say, the last thing I just want to say, Danielle, is that I'm so happy that when we retire from this prestigious job, we have two gals to pass our show down to, as I'm sure it'll still be going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A Leo, Sydney, Leo the Lion, and... Leo will be right on the mic. <laughs> right. You know, Leo's, Leo, Leo's trying to get on that oh, mic right. now. Always, always. Always. But I think that, you know, it's their birthright. And it's, this is the generational wealth we will pass down, which is co-hosts of a garbage podcast. Yes. And I hope your children also will listen and your children's That's children. That's right. Your children's children. It's just a different generation <laughs> succession, you know. I love you. I uh, I love you, Stacy, my lovely surrogate. You're uh, the, you know, you've given me the gift of a lifetime and, and I know you know that, but I love you, Frankie Rose Cast. We love you all for listening. And thank you for letting me share this beautiful thank news. You, and I love you, Danielle. I love you too. I'm so excited for this. New and life. I love our next guest, Chelsea Devontes, dear friend of mine. I love her so much. I'm just letting her take the seat. You know, she's going to take it from yeah, here. Yeah, she's going to take over for you today. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we love you. We'll see you soon. Casey, thank you for making this thank amazing you. announcement on the podcast. I love you today. all. Thank you for your support. All right, let's take a break.
And as Casey said, um, we have one of our favorite guests. She's so talented. She really is. She's one of the most talented people I've run into in a long time. Um, and not only in her just works, but goddamn, if her wedding was not a work of goddamn art. I've ne- I mean, it's the best Broadway show I've seen in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that she is a, like I said, a, an extremely talented writer, director, um, performer. She also has her own very popular, very funny, one of my favorite podcasts, Celebrity Book Club. Please welcome Chelsea Devantes. Danielle, I am so happy to be here. I, I, you know, as you guys know, I'm obsessed with you. You guys helped me launch my podcast back in July 2020. Um, also, by the way, Bitch Sesh is now my receipts because several um, celebrity memoir book club podcasts have popped up. And uh, I, we announced on Bitch Sesh July yes. 2020. And so it, it's my, it's my receipts of like, I, w- I, I've been there. I've, I've been, been here. here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love your book club. And you do such a deep dive. And also, you have, like, such a great companion in your Instagram. Like, Casey and I have not mastered that. Like, you all, like, you have to, like, follow up on Instagram and, like, (laughs) and do things. You have to, like, bring in your audience. And Casey and I have never mastered that. But I feel like you really, like, yours is, like, a companion piece. And so even if you don't totally read the whole book, which sometimes I'm not going to, I feel great that I get to listen to your podcast and also tune into your Instagram and your Insta stories because you really deep dive in a way that like you're covering it all, which I find uh, important. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I will say uh, almost no one reads the books with me. I, but, but you know, but I'm a, I'm a big reader. You, are, and you so. will. Yes. Yes. Some people really read the books. A lot of people, you know, skip the books, which is the point, but I will say my toxic trait is that I fucking love Instagram. I be gramming. It, people are like, oh, you, right. You have to post to like, get your podcast. And I'm like, oh God, I'm, I'm genuinely doing it for me. <laughs> it gives me joy. It gives me energy. I, if I was more savvy, I, I'm just not like, sa- like I, like I can bear, like I'm just my tech skills as an elder millennial. That's right. I'm going to call myself a millennial, even though Casey does not. Um, as an elder millennial, I just don't have like the, I don't know. Like I'm, I can't, I'm not even like when I do my Instagram posts, they're like always off. Like they're always uneven, like, and no, I disagree. (laughs) I I think you both are fantastic at Instagram. That said, I do relate like on TikTok. I'm just a viewer. You know what I mean? Because I can't, you know, I'm not putting together these compilations, but I am enjoying them. Some apps, some apps speak to you and, and, Unfortunately, Instagram speaks to me and I'm, I'm sure it's on its way out and I'll go down with it. Oh, I, 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 I like to go down with a ship. I was like the last person on AOL. I'm, I'll hang on to like the <laughs> end. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the last guy here. I'll go down with this guy. Um, I also want to say like, you know, I'm always texting you because you'll talk about a book or something. I'm like, should I read it? Like, is it worth it? Like, because I am such a reader, but like our time is so like split at this point between jobs and dogs and kids and husbands and, you know, like you cannot start a book that is not worth it. And you have to put down a book if it is not serving. I truly believe that 10 pages, then I'll put a book down if I need to. You are such a great friend to have too, because you read a lot of great fiction. And I read so many memoirs and nonfiction that it's like very hard for me to know what's going on in the fiction world or or to really get into it. 
So I'll I'll pop a, a note in, in in on the text and be like, oh, this is great. Like, because, yeah, yeah, we're going. But hard. I love readers. I'm such a you, me, and Oprah. We're just like re- like we're I just am, reading. When people to ask me like what my hobby is, I'm literally like reading. Like that yeah. is my hobby. I same, love it. Same. Also, can we pre plug that Laura Dern is coming out with a memoir, and Danielle is coming back on the podcast to discuss with me. That will be out in April. And one of the best episodes of my podcast ever is when you came on and discussed. Sally Field. We got emotional. We cried. It was so deeply beautiful. And um, I can't wait to have you back. Well, she talks a lot about Sally Field. I obviously have like a lot of mommy issues. And Sally Field goes deep about her mother and mothering. And Laura Dern's new book is with her mother. So I feel like that's a nice bookend of like, like I didn't choose those because of that, but obviously like I am. We've got a theme. Yeah, there's something going on in me. But speaking of mothers and terrific ones, (laughs) (laughs) shall we talk about the housewives? Like, shall we get into... Yes, and I'm so... This is my dream episode because Potomac and Salt Lake City are my favorite, Mm. favorite franchises. I have to say, I... I am obsessed with a housewife that is in range. Mm. And and by that, I mean several times I have turned on the television to discover that Whitney Rose and I own the same dress. And I'm not talking about like a basic day dress. I'm talking about like what she chose to wear to her cosmetic gala opening, like her gown. I own that gown because that's a $45 garment. You know what I mean? Like that we are in range. And sometimes I feel a little guilty the levels of wealth going on. And I will say like Salt Lake City and Potomac are sort of like bringing it back down to a place where I can like really support. Whereas like, you know what I mean? Like they're dro- like Kyle spending yeah, hundred grand on a box. Beverly Hills prices, Atlanta too. It's a lot like Marlowe yes. brands. Like we can't, I can't even begin to touch what they are like just wearing on any given, you know, Monday. Like that's not yeah. where my, yeah. my price range is. And that said, I'm also not aspiring to be in Whitney Rose's dresses. Like, did <laughs> I say to myself, like, oh, it's I guess I need to not wear this anymore. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, it's funny to me because I always assumed, because I'm such an idiot and I just like take things at face value, which is like that all the brands we are seeing are real. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, like anytime no you see a Fendi, a Gucci... Um, a Chanel, like those are obviously real. The one thing I thought was like, oh, maybe they're like renting them or like, you know, bar. Yeah. Like, and, and you still have to pay a price to rent those things, but you're, Absolutely. maybe they don't own them. But to know that like Jen Shaw's house was like full of knockoffs, like that didn't even cross my mind. I, and I'm the dummy who, who didn't think it was rented. A, sh- a shook because also I have to say this is what is so so and we'll I know we're gonna get so hard at, hardcore into Jen Shaw but to rent a chalet of that level in Utah which so here's also important I I lived uh, eight years in Utah you did I don't yeah think I yeah that. so first grade to eighth grade I lived in Utah Those so formative I, years wow very formative years I very deeply know Utah culture and the area they are in is like one of the only places in Utah that has like a, a lot of money around it. And to rent that type of chalet, that's mortgage money. Like yeah. that is like why you would be renting something that is that expensive as opposed to paying the mortgage means like your back end finances are obliterated. You know what I mean? Wow. Like how you have more like 10 times a normal mortgage money, but you couldn't qualify for like a down payment or something like that. Like you got mess. You got mess. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I mean, I, that should have been a sign. I just thought that Shasha Lay was there. You know, like, and even I when know. they rented it, I was like, 
Well, that's just because they're between house. Like, I don't know, you know, and like, again, I know it's such like a housewife's trope that when you say someone rents their house, it's like an insult, but I've rented most of my life. So like that to me isn't like a I, bad I, thing. I still <laughs> rent. I, I yeah, absolutely, I mean, it's I, like, but, but it's definitely, uh, yeah, I'm over here talking like mortgage payments and like, uh, yeah, pl- everyone, please know I'd be renting. Um, but, <laughs> but it's so curious because I'm like, oh, that's an, I didn't know that that was an insult, but actually you're paying more if you're renting, like, cause you're not paying into anything. You're not paying into yeah, equity. It's yeah. Which I guess is the insult that you're like, you equityless bitch. Oh God, <laughs> if someone called me an equityless bitch, I didn't even know these insults. <laughs> so let's get into Salt Lake because we just had our first reunion. And yeah. it was it was a, a, a smattering of people. Like it was so it felt small because we only had four girls on the couches. And then we brought out the, the, the friends. friends of so like first reunion. We've never, when have we ever seen a friend of in the first reunion? Yeah. That was a shock yeah. to me. It, it showed me that like, ooh, we're really needing peoples. Well, and can we check in on looks? Because, you know, last year's reunion was a, uh, like, uh, Mardi Gras wouldn't let them in the parade. Oh, you know, they would so say like, bad. you tried, but you can't come in. We see the feathers, but like, no, thank you. And this year they missed again. They all biffed again. And and you could tell they were like, tone it down. We're toning it down this year. We went too hard. And then they all, you know, normally when I tune into a reunion, I look at some, I, there's at least one look where I say, ooh, I want that. Or yeah. like, what a gown. Or yeah. or, or the gorgeous. jewelry. None of them were wearing the jewelry. any, like Whitney had that one like sad little like Claire's necklace that I truly, like I was just like, that's she a reunion. She had a zipper dress. I know. I was like, yeah. that's a reunion look? What are we I know. doing they, here? Salt Lake City always misses on their reunions. God, they really do. do. It's so tough to see. And then uh, Meredith, who missed terribly last year, you remember, with that like um, blue feather number. In fact, yeah. for our Halloween show, someone dressed their baby in that exact outfit and it won the that's entire perfection. competition. Because I'm that's sure. Incredible. But great for a baby, not for a grown adult. Um, it was, and then she, and then she fucked it again. Like she looked terrible. Like that, that yeah. weird thing under her boobs, like that sort of like knot of fabric under, it was like, she yeah, always like finds a way to wear, to be... yeah, she always finds a way to wear a blazer, even when it's not a blazer. Like she's that just, is, <laughs> that is so well said, always wearing a blazer, even when not in a blazer. Yeah. The, I will say like a turtleneck when it's, you know, maybe like two tones from your own skin shade or it has like the undertones of your own skin shade. Like it's just not going to go like maybe the rock is the only person who can pull that off. Like it's uh yeah. So that I, I was really laughing at that. I have to say I am an outlier because I know a lot of people didn't like this season of Salt Lake City. I loved it. Really? Why? Why, I loved it. why did you love it? I'm curious. Okay. Okay. Go with me on this. Okay. So in high school, I remember somewhat learning about Henry Kissinger and the allies of like World War One, World War Two, and how he's like getting all the like countries to form these different allies. And it's like it what's it's what forms and wins the wars or whatever. I can't really articulate it because I didn't fully learn it well. I do think it should be mapped across the season of Salt Lake City and taught to children. Wow, wow. Okay. The, I, I think this long game, you know, when they started season one. Everyone was so obsessed with Lisa. Like she was just the most popular girl who everyone wanted a piece of. And the whole group swarmed the alliance of her and Meredith for two seasons, just picking at it, picking at it, picking at it. And finally, finally, the alliance falls between the two of them. 
mayhem, mayhem. Now Heather and Whitney are breaking up. Like the way they, and they all still want a piece of Lisa who they all purported to hate more than anything in the whole world. You know, the moment Lisa was available for affection, they all took their bit. Wow, they really all took their spin at it. They did. And I just, watching watching the Lisa and Meredith alliance fall and attempt to touch hands, like, you know, you can see how deeply they love each other. It actually makes me, that was a, that was a really, I think they really had a real friendship that they lost. It makes me kind of sad. And um, I think without them holding the group strong, there's going to be mayhem for a long time because no one has taken their place. Like two people have not come forward to say we're the new Meredith and Lisa. I have found a love for Lisa Barlow, which I never thought I'd find. I've become a real Tell Lisa me. Barlow stan. I have, look, look, does she eat Taco Bell as like all of her food groups? Okay, but that, that's only, I, that's a that's positive on the plus quality, side. right? Yes, that's, that's a plus, plus side. Yes, okay. yes. Is she like, do I think she's ever shed a real tear? Probably not. You know, like, I don't think that there, <laughs> that is available to her. Like, do I love the, that she's forcing her children to like make businesses? No, like these are, these are tough. But I do think she loved Meredith as much as she can love somebody. And I think she said all that stuff in anger. Like, I don't think she meant to say it. I think she was like, it was under her breath. She said it all. All those things that that anger, that that shit we say when we're angry that we don't want anyone to hear. She got caught. And then Meredith loves it. Meredith. Oh, you think Meredith loves it? I think that she hated what she said, but I think she loves holding it over Lisa's head. I think she I think, will. Yeah, because, yeah. But I will say, I think, I think it was, you know, Meredith was pretty mum. She, I mean, she can, she can, she really did protect Lisa. I think it How did she hurt protect her? her? I'm curious how you think she did. Not this season. Um, in previous seasons, I think she, I think she really was there for Lisa. I don't think she threw her under the, bu- under the bus in all the ways people were trying to throw her yes. under the bus. Okay, I will. But I will say she is holding her to like, Maybe because she was closer to her in the first place, but even in the reunion where she was just like, we'll never like be like, we'll see if we'll be friends again. But she was taking those jabs at Lisa constantly through like, I'm not saying it, but other people are saying it like and just being like, I think you need help. All this stuff like Jen Shaw went after Meredith's child on line like that to me is a line you cannot cross. I don't care if it's an adult child. I don't care if Brooks is you know, not my favorite person or whatever. I mean, he's not a child anymore, but he's her child. And so like she went after, she had other people going after Brooks. That is unforgivable to me. And she has forgiven Jen Shaw. Like, I I totally get it though, because, you know, she was never... It's like the, the the person I've been maddest at most in my life is is the female friend who I loved the most. You know, she never loved Jen. Jen's been, Jen has been like throwing fists from the moment from the cameras moment. were up. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, Meredith yeah. was never trusting of her. And Meredith will, I don't like that Meredith is pretending that she doesn't hate Lisa for the rest of her life because of the monologue Lisa gave. That's just the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's pretending she doesn't and because she's trying to play a mastermind game. I respect it. She's not pulling it off, but she, <laughs> I wish she would, <laughs> I wish she would just say like, you are my best friend. And you said the ugliest things anyone's ever said about me. And I, and because you were my best friend, I'll never forgive you. I get, I totally get that. I, I do, I do have to say the, the craziest thing to me about this season is that like, so it's like on Housewives, uh, sorry, on Beverly Hills, even Kyle, who's Erica's friend, was like, hello, there are orphans yeah. and victims and pain here. Like, how are you acting like this? And 
there's no, like, I don't understand why everyone protect, protected Jin, even people who aren't Jin's friends. It's so shocking to me, too, that, like, everyone is so afraid of Jen. Like, you can't be friends with it. Like, it seems to me that Jen went around to each one of them and told them who they could or could not be friends with. And they're all terrified. But why would they That's listen? What, I mean, like, I don't know. Oh, one, one monologue about like, hey, you you ruin people's lives. What, you, what, what you're on the line for, let's even pretend you didn't do it. Your company destroyed humans. No one said that to her, except I, what the reunion did for me is showed me... Um, my God, I even forgot her name because she was just so cut out. Which one? Um, Dana? Dana. 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 So it turns out Dana has been yelling at Jen the whole season and they they edited it out. I know, we it's didn't like, even see it. I said, bring Dana on. I need Dana next season. Like, someone needs to say, like, Jen, you're disgusting. Dana was, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Even though she yelled I at I think Jen, it was the edit. I think, think it was so? the edit. I just think if you're going to be bold and wear a cape on a reunion, you can't play with it. She was too busy playing. Dana was too busy playing with her cape and I was distracted. Like, I love that she gave us a look. She gave us a look. I was going to say, ha- she came on as if she was the main housewife. Exactly. She came on with a look and I appreciated that. But you can't play with your look because then you tell me you're uncomfortable in your look and that you're not used to this look. <laughs> I need to know where the crown. See, and that's that's where I'm in. I like it. I like it. I want a woman wearing a cape being like, what have I done? No, I need, if you're going to wear that crown, that crown's got to fit and you got to like pretend that you've always had this crown on. That's Hilarious. how I feel. <laughs> I, I, I will say, like, I don't need the Angie's. I Ugh. do need Dana. I need uh, I, both Angie's suck balls. Balls. And, and and the only good thing about Angie Harrington is that the Salt Lake City husbands are the most pathetic husbands of any franchise. Like they they are they're so weird and heavily interested and obsessed with the show. And uh, I do like that for them. I want to spit off. I, well, here's what I will say. What I thought was the funniest moment in the reunion was when when Lisa was like, don't talk about my husband. And Angie was like, well, don't talk about my husband. And she couldn't even say that with a straight face because it was like, and then Lisa was like, um, we all kind of know your husband's a piece of shit. Like he showed that also, to like, the world. He, you know, when they could, when Sharif confronted him, didn't he like cr- yes, cry? Yes, I was, was like, so... you, are you crying over being confronted over being a troll? I will say Sharif and Jen Shah, that is... And I think we both know people like this. And you guys, I, I'm not going to say names, but like there's some famous celebrity couples where one celebrity is really known for being very, very nice. Mm-hmm. And one, the other couple is, the other person couple is known for being like a vicious monster. Yeah. And like, that's like a canary in the coal mine to me. Like, like you cannot be married to Jin Shaw and- And not be and, a monster. And, and not also be a monster. Well, that's like Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin. Like everyone wants yes, to think like yes. Harry's just doddering around making blueberry pies and pasta sauce. But like, if you're married to Lisa Rinna, like you, there's something, there's something. Ain't no on. way. Yeah. Like there's you're not, something. you're not right. Like, fine. and we're never going to know no, because they are gone. They're gone. Well, they're, uh, she's around. like she's a cockroach and she's she's not down did you say account. a cockroach yes she's a cockroach, yes. like papa roach but she's a cockroach a she's a cockroach and she is gonna be she's not down for the count lisa rena yeah. always okay. calls yeah, yeah, her way that's true. she'll survive us all she'll do like more depends ads and qvc and whatever <laughs> and then she'll be back she'll she'll be back one other thing I thought was fun. It was a fun little thing. It was a lot, but like for them to arrive in the Sprinter van was like a cute touch. <laughs> just, I thought it, it just, it's like, that's what you guys get for going on so many road trips. All your drama happened in the Sprinter van. Once again, Jen's fault. Like you, you guys just, were, you just lived in, in the van because there was no flights, yeah. you know? No way. And, yeah. I, yeah. I, I love that. I will say arriving in a, in a, 
dilapidated LDS temple is That's a copy. one of the wildest <laughs> things I've ever seen on television. And, it, you know, Mormonism is such a modern religion. I think something people don't always put into context is like, like 120 years ago, <laughs> they were like, I found some gold plates from God in the mountain. You know, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's longer than 120, but it's like but, 200 yeah, years ago. They were long. like, it's modern, not long, you know? And so it, it but it's so wild that it's like, yeah, we're going to, um, we're going to break this church down via a reality show. Well, it's also tough because like, usually we're like in the Beverly Hills Hotel or we have live birds, like all, like when a, a chalet, like we always get these like, kind of like gorgeous like backgrounds and then we're just like in a broken down. I, I mean, I, I also have to say, I them. love it because then, you know, Salt Lake City girls are the messiest, most toxic drunks. I, I mean, because they're not supposed to, like, not only are you like, you're not supposed to be drinking because of all like the Mormonism, like you can't, but like. your deep trauma just starts coming out with every tequila shot of Vita, you know? <laughs> like, it, it reminds me of like those religious girls in school. I am Jewish, but was never like, it's so funny because I grew up like not religious and I would have slept with probably anybody, but I didn't because nobody <laughs> wanted, like I was always just like, hey, pick me. Like nobody was interested. Yeah. <laughs> but like my friends that were super religious, like, uh, uh, you know, in many different ways were like always like, well, I just, um, you know, he just, uh, you know, put his dick in my ass so that like, I'm, I'm still a virgin. You're like, but oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, that. Like, yeah, yeah. like, oh, oh, okay. Like, again, God bless all forms of sex, but you're just like, oh, but you're still like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, my pussy's for God. But, but, but um, my bottle's for everybody. My bottle's for my boyfriend. Great. And it's like, but it was just interesting to me, like how like the religion drives people into the, just like, to, to explain things and like go, you know, go to all sorts of places. <laughs> it's just so wild to me. Yeah. I mean, and it's such a, I mean, Mormonism is just such a tent post in Utah culture. Like even if you are not Mormon, you know, I, I, I'm not Mormon, but I went to Mormon church quite a bit because uh -huh. you just kind of had to, to fit in in elementary school. Um, so I, it's just such a huge part of the culture and it, yeah, it creates really dark. I mean, the, some of the darkest murders are from Mormons. Oh yeah, that you whole know? like um, banner under a uh, banner under heaven and under like, heaven, yes, like uh, uh, be sweet. Which, by the way, plug for be sweet. If you need I just a, just that. a grody, oh, writing it down. Oh, if you need a grody wild docu series, be sweet. Um, Mormons in Utah, um, but yeah. So it, it, I I do love seeing them in a dilapidated church. I just like the desecration of religion that we that culture allows for Mormons, but like. You know, they, they would never do that for like a Christian temple. No. I don't think. I mean, again, I'm fine for Maybe anyone. To, Maybe it's coming. I'm fine for everybody to rip down any religion. Personally, I'm always just like, whatever. Oh. Take, take it's yes, all just yes. And let's be clear, I'm not defending Mormonism. Oh, I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm just standing to the side, going interesting. Yeah, very well. It's, it's a newer. It's a, it's a pop up religion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> pop up religion. A pop up religion. Um, I think it's interesting that like. There's one place you don't go. You don't call somebody a pill popper. And I was like, oh, these ladies have said the worst things about each other from day one. Pill pop. Like, if someone called me a pill yeah. popper, I'd be like, oh, fine, whatever. Like, that doesn't feel rough to me. I mean, this is this is how you know Jen is truly like the devil's personal assistant. Because this woman is go she she's going to prison and answers the phone. Yes! And <laughs> 
has energy and care to say, I didn't say pill popper in a world where like, what would it matter? Like, be like, yeah, I said it. Like, you don't, you're going to prison. You're not coming back. Also, that she's waiting by the phone because you know that Meredith was like, yeah. I might have to call you to like confirm some stuff. And, oh, and she was I, just I think like, they're waiting. calling her again too. I'm yeah, like, she's here. To on, you need to be. Why would you care when you are leaving your children? It is wild. for prison, Jen. Like, and she's like, oh yeah, I I need to. I I feel like she. <laughs> You need to be getting your affairs in order, John. Like, I don't know what's happening. This whole season, she she does I she does not. I do think it's a sloppy defense to say like I I have a some mental problems that led me to do this. Like, I I don't think that's true. And yet, when you watch this the season with Jen seeming to have no idea her life is over, I'm like, well, maybe you do then. Maybe I mean, there is she something. Does wrong. like she doesn't? She doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, I think you have to be a narcissist and a sociopath to be able to disassociate, to do those sort of things that she has pled guilty to. Um, I to, to not have any thought to those people and to, as we are seeing from like, you know, text exchanges and stuff, like to cry at their pain. Like there is something, you have a personality disorder. You know what I mean? Like for Yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, I also think the, the other interesting thing is that MLMs, multi-level marketing mm-hmm. schemes, are also a huge part of Utah yes. culture. That's a huge um, part of the economy. A lot of different companies have popped up specifically in Utah. I grew up around them. Um, and I think somehow I she has like given herself a pass and people have given her a pass because it, it's being seen as like Amway, where it's like, she just sold too much lotion. It's like, well, that's not what she did. That is the trouble with these multi-level marketing companies because the, the line between legal and illegal, the line between fraud and sales is becoming blurrier. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I, like. Yeah. And, well, it's even like, there's this, so there's the a Hulu, uh, a, a, a one episode Hulu docuseries on Jen Shaw's crimes. Have you seen it? Of course I have. Okay, yes. I, I mean, what a dumb question. Of course you have. I, it's like they only caught that one company because they charged uh, an elderly woman's credit card without her knowing. But when they can go and say, we want to sell you something and someone, you know, somewhat consenting says like, yes, I'd like to buy it. That's a very, that's where the crime gets tricky. Yeah, and so that's why it's like, there are some people who don't know if what they're doing is a crime and they do get caught up in, you know, like I just, I don't, believe I personally don't believe that that's Jen no she knows exactly I don't think she thought she'd get caught or get arrested I think she thought she was above the law in those senses but yeah it it is I will say like uh, most kind of all multi-level marketing um, businesses are crimes and I'm saying that like they're not legally they should be they should be yeah they they federally they're trying to like put more boundaries on but like so many of them they just prey on poor people who don't have um, a chance in life to work from home or make money or have true wealth. You know, yes. what, are their, what are their like favorite phrases? And so they, they take, they, they, even the salesmen are like being robbed of like their, of the money they put into it in order to keep going. And then that's all the people Jen had working for her yeah. as well. Oh, it's, it's so it's sad. It's so gross. I mean, look, we're in for more. I don't know. I wonder how many episodes we have. Do we have three? Re- I think we have three reunions. Yes. I don't know if they'll be able to fill them. I don't know if enough things, like, because everyone was fighting with each other. Like, I don't like in a season where everyone's fighting with each other. Everyone's turning on each other. 
there didn't seem to be any real alliances. I, I was confused. I think that's why I liked it because next season, someone's going to have to emerge. Like I, I'm, I'm watching the reunions going like, who's going to take the reins? Who's going to create a centrifuge? I think, you, I think it will always be Lisa Barlow. I think they all, I think she's always had the emotional power, whether she was down or up within that friend group. I will say, I think Heather is one of the greatest housewives who's ever existed and one of the funniest, but... The black eye thing. That was ridiculous. And I think it's tied to um, she's going to fall on her sword for Jen. Like, Jen has pled guilty. We all know she's guilty. And Heather is still like, I feel sad for my friend. That's pretty fucked up. Well, hmm, Chelsea, I think she's not giving an inch to the victims. Heather, our most relatable, wonderful, funny queen. And I also think the black eye is like that's obviously tied to Jen. It's like Jen has been punching people. Jen has been punching the air every episode. We know it was Jen. Punching the air. Jen's throwing, she's throwing hamburgers. She's throwing jewels. She's throwing earrings. Like shoes. She is, she has been violent on the sidewalk by herself. From day one. Punching the air. I'm dying. Oh, that's funny. I will say, okay, hear me out. This is not going to be a popular opinion. Okay. Okay. I, I've been annoyed by Heather this season because this whole black eye thing, and I do think maybe she knows a little bit of what happened. And even though she's like, I, I think just she knows all out, of it. I think she knows. She and knows and all I don't it. love that. And I, I'm like, you don't have to be that ride or die. Like you're going to die. You're not going to ride. You're just going to die is what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Also again, Jen's gone. Yeah. Jen is fully gone. What's happening? She's under her spell. It's like those. You don't, you don't need to protect her anymore. She's not on camera. She won't be. Like those women that are still like outside of Keith Ranieri's like prison cell, like dancing. (laughs) Doing (laughs) dancing, doing, doing laser dances for them with, with their little laser pointers. Exactly. That's a little bit Heather right now. But I get the instinct because I do. I, even though Jen did this all and she is a victim of her own devices, like she, you know what I mean? Like she is. She did this. She is here because she did this. I did you say a victim of her own devices? devices yes. As in, like she she's a victim of going to jail because she because she did, did crimes. This. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like she she is her own victim in the sense that she did this. So, and that's a weird way to look at things. But you know, like I do, I do feel bad for anyone who's about to enter the prison system and is scared and you know and made terrible Do choices. Do we think Jen is scared? I, probably not. I would be, I, because uh, I, I immediately I put myself, in, I, again, I would never have done what she did, but I immediately put myself in the position of someone like who is about to, you know, not see their That's family. That's crazy though. That's crazy though, Daniel, because what you're not doing is put, if you're going to put yourself in her position, also put yourself in the position to have known what you did. Yes. And Danielle, I do believe if you were like, I ruined these elderly people's lives. You would walk yourself into oh, prison and be like, I deserve this. I would like do it once and be like, I did it. I did it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I yeah. did it. I did yeah. it. I like, that's how I used to be in like hide like, and for, seek. If I was like yeah. in hide and seek. <laughs> and I'm hiding. I, I'm I would, hiding. Like, if they were even near me, I'd be like, I'm here. I'm here. You caught me. Ha <laughs> Like I just like couldn't <laughs> handle the guilt, the, the keeping the secret. Like I could, I can't, I would never. No, I couldn't. Yes. And I don't, I don't think she felt no. anything doing what she did. And I don't think she's feeling anything as she's putting on the jumpsuit. No. And I also, those people, cause I did hear, you know, obviously from some of the victims and it's awful. Like they've lost everything. They've, I mean, these poor people who were just trying to, you know, put their last money into either starting a business or just like someone sold them a, a bill of goods and you don't know. And I've 
almost fallen for things too. And I'm not like elderly and I have my wits about me, but like, I mean, one of the women didn't own a computer and, you know, and was being told she was running like an e-commerce business, like for her retirement. She was 90. I, I mean, I mean it it's is gross. But, but this is again, what I don't get with this season where like, Whitney Rose gave that breakdown of like what leads in the telemarketing system are in season two, right? No one came on camera and gave a breakdown of what Jen's crimes were right. in the way that like they did do to Erica. You know, Erica's over here like we're on appeal, we're on appeal. And they're like, okay, but regardless of being on appeal. No, they are not holding. They're suffering. They are not holding. And and Erica's husband did it. She might be guilty yes. just in the sense that she has those earrings and are not giving them back and she doesn't seem to have any sort of like remorse that she's holding on to like blood diamonds, but yeah, but it's like that and that, and they're treating that as they should as a crime. It's like Erica might not have even have done the whole crime, but she doesn't feel bad enough. Jen doesn't feel anything and no one cares. And she did it. And she like did it. Yes. She fully. Yeah. 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 So that that's also again in a season where there's no alliances, there's no power centrifuge. Jen is fully not a player anymore. Still, they didn't dare to say Jen went to a place like, like Potomac, they would mm-hmm. never, never yeah. no, no, let her no. get away with this shit. I mean, they won't even let you get away with like your husband pinching butts. Like you're, they're not gonna, <laughs> they're not gonna stand for it. And that actually leads me to Potomac. So. And you know what? I would and that great segue. Can I just add that if Jen, for some reason, does get to walk out of prison and come back on the franchise, that we send her to Potomac. Oh, she's please. not allowed to go back to Salt Lake City. She has to move. Yeah. We need to uh, her to a city where she's going to be accountable. She needs to yes, be accountable. Yes. And it's not. <laughs> I wonder, you know, next week we're getting it. Oh, and next week on the reunion, they said something about Coach Sean knowing and like that just made me I was like oh god are we roping Coach Sean into this but like you said it's I don't I think he deserves I think he deserves he's got to come on to the stand those men love to be on camera it is so weird um and I also think Heather and Jen are in a threesome with her black eye you did I want (laughs) to yes and I want to see I want to see I was like wait what role Coach Shaw has in it wow all right let's take a break and we'll come back with Potomac Okay, we're back with Potomac. I mean, I think you had some hot takes on Salt Lake, and I, I'm curious to see what where where are you with Potomac? I mean, these ladies, they really make me laugh, and they are. I mean, we we got to down to some nitty gritty this week. What were your What were your thoughts? Yes, oh, gosh, I love I love Potomac so much. Um, so I will say that this is I'm skipping a little bit to the end of the episode, but I <laughs> Mia throwing a lifelong, a lifelong friendship away with Jacqueline and trading her immediately for Wendy. What I, I felt like my, my stomach twist. And I have to say, like, I am not ready for a Mia and Wendy alliance. I think, I think we're about to see the craziest things we've ever seen. I think Mia and Wendy is a, is it's like weed. It's like a gateway friendship for Wendy to become the biggest villain we've ever seen on Earth. Like, really? I think her and Mia are like, it's like two villains in a superhero movie like joining forces. I think it's so, I think they're so wild together. Uh, okay, I have so much to say. Are you a Wendy fan? I am. And hear me out. I like Wendy okay. SFO. Um, here's where I see her journey going. I don't okay. know if I'm right, but I'd love to see this as her journey. Do you remember in Atlanta? I don't know if you watch Atlanta. I can't remember, but- yeah. 
Portia, when she first came on, she was like this little married wife and like had mm-hmm. like, she was married to that football player and she didn't speak up and she wouldn't go to a strip club. And like, she was kind of like a little dummy and like, well, that's what we thought, right? And then she yes. gets a divorce and becomes the woman that she was always meant to be and has become my favorite housewife of all time. Like just become- Of all time. Of all time. Like just hilarious, gorgeous, date like out there. Now, I don't think Wendy's getting divorced from her husband and I like them together, but I think once she got the you know, happy and ness, the boobs and the and the and the BBL, or is it BBL? What is it called? BB her B- BBL, but also it's like why are, why do we have happy and ness, but we don't have a a two syllable name for the back end? You know, it's considered like one thing, the butt. I don't know. <laughs> oh, but, but I guess, but like, it is, you're right. So, but it's like happiness and joy. Like, what did, did she name her BBL? I no, can't remember. I think it's just like the, the, I don't know. It's just BBL. But I I think Wendy has that in her. She's super smart. She's funny when she, you know, she, you know, I know that people think she has a little bit of a stick up her ass, but I enjoy her. She has not come into her full own yet. She has not blossomed to where she's going to be, but I believe that she has it in her. I see the potential in Uh, Wendy. Yes. Uh, Well, the part I will agree is that I think, you know, blossom is the positive term. Maybe um, like set herself on fire will be the term I use. I think it's going to happen with Mia. I do think what you're, I do think what you're saying is going to happen. I do think it will happen with Mia by her side. If, if that lasts, Mm -hmm. I really do not like Wendy and it's for similar reasons because here's what and I think maybe I just have my own personal distaste for actual life real life events where like you know there's there'll be someone around you who's just like such a hater on something for instance where it's like ugh, like like oh my god you dress like people dress like such thoughts like that's so distasteful like it's so distasteful to dress like a thought and like take body photos and like you're just so superficial and like I'm so above it right and then someone comes over and they're like hey would you like to dress like a thought and they're like I'd love to (laughs) and that is Wendy Mm -hmm. to me like she came on listing her degrees constantly saying she was going to bring class to the franchise and the moment she the moment she was given an inch to be the trash she had looked down upon, mm. she jumped in the bin and has never come back out. But that's my I mean, favorite the, housewife's trope. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't stand it because she's over here being like, I have these degrees, I have these master's degrees. She can't even, she doesn't even have a, a business plan for a two wick candle. No. She didn't even know how to, she didn't even know how to put a candle on eBay. No, no. So it's just like, I, I just, I, I, I hate it. I hate it. I wish she had come on being like, I wish I could be, I wish I could be like you guys, and I can't. Instead, she was like, "Ugh, you're beneath me." I sort of love that trope, though. I get off. On I know. That I get trope. it. I get like, it. It's such a housewife's thing to do. Like I said, Portia kind of like was above every. Like I'm a wife, and I'm this, you know, da- daughter and granddaughter of like this, you know, ro- Atlanta royalty, and like I, like I am, you know, perfect, perfect, and then like the shit goes loose, and that's my favorite. Well, you know, I I hope I come around on Wendy, but but right now I'm just like, you know, uh, she tries to be above it while uh, only wanting to be the most in it. Um, I am fully sick of Karen. So I, I will say I want her on the show because I do love seeing I do love seeing like I do love seeing like your mom try and figure out Brandy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like watching your mom try and figure out emojis, but it's with branding. And I that's very funny to me. I like that. I also, to to know, to have an ego 
like Karen, to where she thinks that Juan is messing around with a woman that looks like herself. <laughs> to say that out loud, even if, let's say you heard it, to say it out loud to other people is a wild, a wild thing to, to feel, it's to be, to so... say. Like, I'm just like, what, like, can you imagine saying that out loud to the people? No, and keep. Can- can I, can we just give a shout out to the editors, Grand and Dom? Oh my God. And I, I said, oh my God, this is like SNL level uh, sketch show editing, you know, and we're getting the police they sketch, show the sketch of And as someone who has been, <laughs> you know, drawn terribly before, I, I felt for Karen, but it was, those editors are just geniuses. Having the time of their lives. And every, like, so it made me laugh so hard and like, but Karen is so laughable. And to say those things with a, a look on your face, like, Karen, you're gorgeous. Like, no doubt. But like, let's all just... That's not the crime here. If you're saying he's cheating, it will go better if you don't include the part where you think it's about someone yourself. who looks like you. <laughs> I'll also, I got to say, though, Juan got a little too mad on that phone call for my chest. Because I said, no way. And then I heard him on the phone. I was like, okay, we're really yelling at our wife now. He was, I mean, that backfired on her terribly, Robin, because then she got yelled at. He's like, ah! and I was like, oh, poor Robin. But also, but also like, she, you know, this is where I'm actually, it's sad because I really do want to believe it. I want to believe in Robin's relationship. I don't know why, but I do. And if they were in a good place, she would have called him and said, guess what? You know, Karen Huger is saying, and he would have been like, this is ridiculous. We handle this together. Thank you for calling me. How wild. We will get them, won't we? Yes, we will. And instead, he was like, screw you, Robin. And he was screaming, I just got to yell it. Like, it was a little like. That makes me think maybe there is a blonde in Georgetown. There's a blonde in Georgetown and Mr. Blue Eyes. And when they were showing, when Robin started showing around that photo, oh my That was so fun. No, you can't see it. No, you're You're good. You're not good. You can't see it. I was just like, I'd like to see. It. Oh, Wait, Karen was and like, Karen is just so guilty. Can I see? It? I'd like. Oh to see no, it. come stronger. It's like, oh, you're so guilty. Oh, she's. Oh my god, can, guilty. can we shout out? Um, walk with a hoe in Spain. Oh my god. Can, where's the march? <laughs> where you know where she was like, don't walk with a hoe in Georgetown. Walk with a hoe in Spain. Candace is so funny. <laughs> she's the funniest. When she's someone online got a picture of Candace like looking at the shot of like Mr. Blue Eyes, like and like just her face and like she is so, like I am such a Candace is another one of my favorites. Again, we have said this in the podcast, like, I wouldn't want to be on the other end of her insults, but God, does she make me laugh. I think she's beautiful. I like her music. I She's genuinely talented, right? which is crazy. I mean, like, normally a housewife gives you a, I'll put in quotes, song. Yeah. You know, this is actually a singer. A manger um, or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, like, that's what we're getting. Yeah, like, crimes, crimes, crimes. I do crimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no. She's, she's giving us actual music. I love it. Um, Come back. Come back. That song is good. Like I jam, yeah. like it is in on my, you know, on my music mix. Like it is good. It is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I have to say, I, um, you know, when I first, I think one, one of my first times on this podcast, I was like, I think Candace is really cool. And you, and you guys were like, she tweeted about Ashley being like a cockroach while she was like giving birth, yeah. or a cockroach yes. as she was giving birth. <laughs> yeah. And and I was like, oh, God, and, and kind of watching. I was like, oh, Candace is vicious and Ashley's so nice. And now I'm just in this place where it's like Ashley, Ashley was the true villain oh, this whole Ash- time. Ashley and her TikTok. And Candace was taking the fall. Ashley and her TikTok. I'm sorry. I'm glad that she's found some joy. She has gone through a divorce. She has two little ones. Life is hard. No doubt. These things are all true. But I need for a grown woman to stop, like, doing TikTok dances constantly. Like, I, I just, I, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I Again, I'm glad she found joy. I want this for her, but I can't have this be 
like the thing. You know, I, I sort of like it because it's just like, where do, where do you go after Michael Darby? Like, sure, sure, that's where you go. I think what I can't stand is just how excited she is to try and expose other housewives' husbands. Yeah, so she's just <laughs> where it's like, like, Ashley, nothing's ever going to come close to what happened Michael to you. Michael Darby like, is the worst, worst, worst. Like, that's not Yeah, gonna... it's like, I mean, her attempting that on Chris with her friend is just like, oh, it was never going to be. It was never going to be. I love it. Oh, and then also the last thing I want to just say before we go, because we have to go bit. Yes. For Giselle, like her whole like storyline is like that she has diarrhea. And like for the editors to be making those like gurgling sounds of her stomach. <laughs> so this is where, this is where so I'm rude. like, is like, has someone said to the Potomac editors, like have free yeah, reign? Like, go you know what it. I mean? Just like go, go at go. it. Just go for it. I know that that really to have your entire storyline be that. I will say though the watching Giselle stand up for Robin. Yeah. I I really like how they have each other's backs even when they are sometimes wrong. Oh, those two have each other's back, thick or thin. And then I was proud of Robin this season because she did say to Giselle about the whole Chris thing because it it felt you know like it just didn't feel real or it felt sort of yeah, like I yeah. don't know. And Robin said that she didn't say, "Oh, you're right." You know, like it's, she said, "Like I'm hearing you, and I'm and I'm listening, but I also feel like I think you might be stretching or or, or mis misinterpreting." Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I. But I mean, here's the thing. Again, imagine, okay, imagine Mia and Wendy unite and come for Giselle and Robin. That. I mean, that would be. I, that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking for the next season. Like, what if that happens? I hope I hope Mia and Wendy can give it their all to make one of the craziest alliances happen that I think we could ever I see. Love that. I, if that is true, if you are right, I mean, like you deserve I don't you know. Deserve I, the, I, I don't the cape that <laughs> that Dana was wearing. The only thing I'll say is I also don't believe in Mia or Wendy to last more than 10 minutes. You no. know what I mean? Like I'm I'm like, please, you guys, please give it to us. I don't think they can, but I want I don't it. I think get out of their own ways. Uh, Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on today. You are a bright light and so funny. And I hope everybody, I'm sure they are, but if you're not listening to her podcast, Celebrity Book Club, it is so, like, you don't even have to read the book. She gives you all the information. She has the best choices, the best guests. They really deep dive. They get into some stuff, but it's always really funny. And you're writing a book of your own, which I'm so can you believe? I, uh, yes, oh, I can gosh. believe. Of course you should. <laughs> that is what you should be doing. Of course. I'm so excited. What, do you ha- do you know when it's coming out? Like, I know you're in the middle of it, but... Yes. Allegedly, I turn in the draft in a ah! week and allegedly it comes out exactly one year after that. It's so wild. You have to turn in the whole book and then it takes them a year to launch it. But I do have to give a shout out to my girl, Erica Jane, because there's times when I'm like, I cannot do this. What have I done? Why do I think I deserve a book? Then I give my my gal Erica Jane's book a skim, and I say, Chelsea, you can do you it. You can do it. Well, Brian, <laughs> Chelsea, go for uh, it. Our gorgeous friend Brian Moylan was her ghostwriter, or not even ghost. Like she shouted him out. So really, if Erica and Brian can do it, you you've you've yes, got it. Yes. Brian, come on, come on over here. Give a gal some help. Uh, <laughs> help me get across the finish line. <laughs> no, I can't wait. So everybody, tune in and get ready for her book. Um, I'm so excited for you. I cannot wait. Thank to you so much for having me. I adore you guys so we, much. And I love getting to yell you. about our queens. And then also go on her, go on Chelsea's Instagram, Chelsea Devante's Instagram, oh, yeah. because... Come on over. Come on over to Chelsea Devante's. We talk about books. I post pictures. We got polls going. It's a whole thing. We, we did a deep dive on the Benefer wedding 
cupware I collection. Saw that. And also, you know what? You <laughs> saved me a lot of time because I was like, I don't know if I can do spare. You know, the Harry. No, um, no. Yeah. The Harry It's book. not a good one to read. It's good to talk but about. But I thank you for talking about it and for also posting it because I don't need to now. And I think you do a really big service to people who are like, I don't have time, but I want to know. Like, I am desperate to know, but I don't have the time to do that work. And the fact that you're this, doing this, the yes. work for me. This is the work. This is the work. Thank, <laughs> thank you for your service. Thank you. And thank you for your housewife service. Um, I adore you. Thank you for coming on. Um, and we'll see you soon. And I'll see you soon. Bye. Ah, what a wonderful day. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, her new little baby, Frankie Rose. Thank you, Stacy, her surrogate. I want to thank Kate. I want to thank Amelia, our wonderful team here at Earwolf. They're the best. Thank you, Chelsea. Um, and you know what? Thank myself for holding down the fort per usual. Bye, guys. 